Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's show, I am joined by amateur MMA fighter, Nicholas Mondelli. Really appreciate Nick joining me today. Great episode. I've been very intrigued with his story ever since I saw him uh, come out to the cage against Taylor Wood in 2018. I think it was in E-Town, if I remember correctly. Uh, Really resonated with me, and I've really enjoyed following uh, Mondelli's career since then. If you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send me some health insurance referrals. I'm definitely licensed in Indiana. Um, Licensing, you know, my home office is here in Kentucky. uh, Licensed in 12 states across the country, actually. So anyone who has any type of health insurance need, please hit me up. The details for the sponsors of the show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Okay, we're going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster Line, where I am joined by Nicholas Mondelli. Nick, how are you today? I'm good. How you doing, Kelly? Doing very well. Really appreciate you joining me. Nick, I did commentary for Hard Rock and then, you know, really the B2 Fighting Series for about four years. And for some reason, your amateur MMA career is one of the, the, the stories that I remember. I don't know why. It just kind of sticks out in my mind. I don't know you personally, you know, that well. But I was there for the first time you stepped into the MMA cage. And I have enjoyed watching your journey ever since. So I really appreciate you joining me here on the show today. If it's all right, Nick, could you introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Who's Nicholas Mondelli? Where did you grow up at? What sports did you play when you were a kid? That type of stuff, if you could, please. All right. Uh, yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Nick Mondelli. Uh, I come from Long Island, New York. And 
grew up in a little town called Copeg on the South Shore. Grew up in the salt water, you know, going to the beach. You know, we, me and my brother had our own boat while fishing. We grew up in a little part, like right outside the city. And, you know, we just always, you know, growing up there, it was just a lot, a lot of fighting. And our whole lives was fighting. So, like, I, you know, watching MMA, I always knew I wanted to do it, you know. So, I mean, you were you were there, Kelly. You, you saw that first time I went in there. I, I was... You know, I was a pure street fighter going in there thinking, oh, man, I, you know, I'm the best street fighter. I could do this. And you saw that. Yeah, you know, what I, I, I saw what happened. I'm sorry, what was that? I said, what was that? A, a two-in-one amateur, Taylor Wood? You know, mm-hmm. you saw what I walked into. Yeah, no, Taylor Wood has a reputation for being anything but a but a bum. You know, he's trained martial arts for many years. He knew what he was doing in there from an MMA perspective and i was just so intrigued because you looked i remember studying your body language as you went into the cage you looked like you were all hyped up you were ready to get in there and i was like for some reason that resonated with me but what really resonated with me was what happened after that and how you really devoted yourself to um filling in a lot of your holes and stuff and so before we get into that nick um so you grew up in in uh, long island new york um what did you play any sports Oh yeah, I grew up. I played three every year: I, soccer, wrestling, and lacrosse. You know, we were big with lacrosse. But uh, yeah, I wrestled every year since I was like nine years old, and then seventh through twelfth grade. I even when I moved out here to Indiana, I, I still wrestled soccer, played soccer. Yeah, you know, we're a big soccer family out there, and lacrosse. You know. Okay. Uh, I don't know. There's no lacrosse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my uh, I, I know a little bit of, about lacrosse, but is it is it pretty big up in the uh, New York area? Oh yeah, especially in Long Island, it, it, East Coast. It's just it's really big, yeah. Okay. Um, but not, well, let, going back to what you said about how I looked going in that cage, you know, I, I looked mean, but right there before when I met Taylor, when he 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 cut that, you know, meeting him at weigh-ins and everything, I knew. I was, I fucked up. I knew I messed up. No, you can I, say fuck all you want. Say whatever the fuck you want on here. All right. Well, yeah, I, when I, when I saw him at weigh-ins, I knew I fucked up. I wish I had trained everywhere. And, you know, I just, I had been waiting for that opportunity, you know, and I don't know. I just, I knew I was about to get worked and I just walked myself into it. And honestly, I don't remember it. As soon as it started, it was like blackout. He knocked me out. Uh, and then see the video after. And, you know, that's just still to this day something that fuels me was having to go through that in front of everybody and, and not train and then to see the difference now with being with a real team in school at Vortex. It's just like, man, now now sky's the limit. But then I was, I was way out of my league. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can make an argument that that's what amateur MMA is for is to get in there figure out what areas you need to address had, had you trained um obviously you had done some wrestling all through your, your childhood and high school but had you really trained much you know striking or, or jujitsu or mma at all prior to that fight just a lot of a lot of street fights and then like 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 a bunch of friends in, in the backyard boxing we did a lot a lot of boxing a lot of like 
you know, like the local guy at the gym said the boxer. So I did some sessions with him, you know, like I, that was really it. I, I did karate as a kid. I, I did a o- Okinawan style for like 10 years, a Japanese style, but like, it, you know, it was very, very basic. So I can't really say mm-hmm. it, anything. I don't know. I mean, it did put a base in, in me, but no, it wasn't until three years ago that I really like started actually learning what to do. Mm-hmm. So it was almost four years ago that you got in there. That was November of 2018. You were 28, oh, you were, you were 28 years old. What type of work have you done since you got out of high school? I'm just curious. Uh, well, I, for like seven, eight years, I, for 10 years, I've been doing fence, uh, building fence, all sorts of fence. And I've been with the same company at GGI services out of Bloomington for about seven years now, I'm the foreman of, of a crew. And, uh, yeah, I've just been with them for years. And I work, you know, by around 50 hours a week. And been doing that for like seven years now. And then we train at night and the weekends. The weekends are very important. Okay. Are, are you married? Do you have children? Do you have a family? Yeah, I have a uh, – well, I'm not married. We're engaged. We're going to get married. But, uh, yeah, between me and – don't don't jump out of your seat but between me and my woman we have six kids i have three of my own and and three step kids holy shit and you guys all live in the same household yeah we're like this new age brady bunch we've been together for like a little over five years and six years now yeah and yeah it's working out and yeah we're a big family so that you know that's a big reason why i'm i'm pushing it i'm hoping to go pro soon you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this as like my regular career is okay, but it's not enough to give them the life they deserve. So, you know, that's why I'm pushing this fight career. I know I could do something special. Okay. So I know we're bouncing all over the place, but this is all very good for telling the story of who is Nicholas Mondelli, because, you know, uh, the memorable moments for you thus far, I'll never forget. You were the face off with Wilder. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a good one. Everybody loved that. Even, even you know, Wilder's, uh, you know, everybody loved it. Everybody loves a little bit of shit talk at the weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I felt that guy's energy as, as, as soon as he came into the building. Wilder. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sensed that guy's energy, yeah, as soon as he walked in. I was like, oh, nice, finally. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that shit too. In New York, you know, that like when you suck your teeth at people and, you know, it's just very disrespectful, you know. They'll lick your lips like while you're staring them in the eyes. Like we don't play that shit. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, all right, so let's go back to the Taylor Wood fight. Of course, you said it was, would you describe that as being embarrassing? Uh, You know, no. Maybe at the time, but. In hindsight, no. If anything, I think it's a great, it helps me relate, you know, to people that are trying to do the sport, fans of the sport, you know, it's very, it's like a vulnerable thing I had to show. And honestly, I'm all right with that. Sure. Especially considering that you fucking got back, back in there, you started out 0-3, but then you went on a, a four fight winning streak. So, I mean, especially, you know, had that been your only showing, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I could see where you look back years from now and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. But since but you no, got back in there and you fucking worked really hard, you addressed your issues, and I mean, you're sitting at right now in your amateur career, you're you're six and seven, but I mean, you've yeah. you've taught you fought some studs and you've had some what people would describe as 
you know, uh, uh, solid wins, but some of them, you know, arguably very surprising wins where you were probably the underdog. No, yeah, definitely. And that's what, uh, even, even a couple of my losses, you know, even that, I don't know if you saw that last one, that Abe Alcigir, you know, he's, that was a real deal opponent and, and, and we went the distance and we went back and forth that whole fight. Like that, that's the experience I need because soon I will be pro and that's it. The, they're not going to always end like that. You know, I need, I need to go through that you know, to, to know what I'm dealing with. And it's like the next time I go through that again, it's, I don't know. That's why the, the next one I'm hoping they give me someone like that. That's, you know, ready to go pro too. I, I, I want somebody that's going to, that's the whole point of this is to continue to see where I'm at. Where do I land? How good am I? You know, how good, how far can I go? So that's, you know, one at a time. That's what we're going to keep doing. Um, from an early from an early stage of your amateur MMA career, I think I noticed that you would be you would uh, switch stances regularly. You'd be orthodox, and then you'd you'd switch to to southpaw. Would you do that on on purpose? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, honestly, I think it's. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but that's gonna that's gonna come in down the road. You know, those are gonna be like when you ask if you were to ask me now, like you know, what makes you think you could like cover the gap between you and the big time pros. And uh, honestly, those are going to be the things that come in down the road that it's going to be like, wow, he is, you know, able to go both sides. He's able to go both stances, you know, both, which one is his power of hand? You know, it's going to, it's really going to blow people's minds because that's something from all my years growing up fighting. I, I can from both both stances it's you know it's i choose a south pole stance but i love orthodox just as much nick thus far in your amateur career who has been your most difficult opponent uh i don't know you know that that one with brogan walker it didn't it didn't go very long but for you say like overall opponent and what i was walking into and just even for the short time I did fight him, I I felt I had the the overhand on him with the feet, but with his judo and and the way, even just the way I don't know, I definitely feel like he was my toughest opponent yet for sure. But but when you talk to you know Abe Alsager, he he you know I I, I almost dropped him a couple times. Same with Wilder, you know they, you know you got to put them all together because. You know they they were able to push me to the distance and and those two got the uh, got the win over me. You know, so I'd say those two, yeah, that, so, those would be my toughest. Yeah. So Brogan and Wilder. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, Abe. Abe, your most recent guy, man, he looks like a stud. I have not watched that fight yet. What a stud! I had no idea the striker I was walking into, and I, you know, I. I I had no idea. Yeah, I, I took that short notice. I didn't know what I was walking into, but he went being out there, going toe to toe with him. Man, he was good. How would you? I would love to get any every one of those back, though. You'd like, by the way, you'd like to fight a rematch for any of your fights? Oh yeah, like like I I've always made the comment to them like, yo, hopefully I see you in the pros. Like, let's do this on five minutes, five minute rounds, and you know when it really matters, and then. That's how I'll get those back. And, you know, we'll see if they even would want to fight me again because they know what I felt like, win or, win or lose. You know, they know the pressure they felt. They know that 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 wasn't no easy win. And, yeah, pretty much, yeah. 
Um, who is your favorite MMA fighter? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, probably, yeah, no, yeah, it, it's easily Kamara Usman. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Man, he's tough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and like, like the plan, you know, not talking shit, but like I would love to do what he did, and and that's get a good pro record. Same with Brian Battle, uh, get a four, five, six fight good winning record in the pros, and and go on that Ultimate Fighter show, win that show, you know, because if you watch Usman on that show, it was it was because he was the like most head in the game every day. He even showed his little brother that, that, or that other Usman who just won the show. Like they're the ones writing in their notebook. Like they live, eat every, like their entire lives. They, they give it everything they got. And you know, that's why he's my favorite fighter because, you know, ever since I've followed a guy's like that's moment, you know, seeing what he does, it's like, it makes me feel like I could do anything. And as long as I have that mindset. Okay. Um, are you a fan of any other combat sports, maybe boxing or anything? Uh, no, I'm, you know, everyone tries to get me into it. You know, I love, love wrestling and all that, but, but no. Okay. I, I, you really can't get me to watch boxing anymore. Maybe when I was little, but no, it's MMA. MMA is it. That's where it's at. How would you describe your style as an MMA fighter? Uh... I always, I always just say a boxer and a wrestler put together, but you know now I really I don't know. I, it's it's one of it's going to be known as one of a kind for sure. What type of training routine do you do? How many days you get to train a week? How, how you know how much time are you able to devote to this with a a, a family of eight? Uh, I mean, we, we, we learn, it's 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 pretty much every night. Every night I have a different class to go to either from six to eight or eight to 10. So I get off work and I deal with, I do everything I need to for my kids. And once they're settled, I leave for the last few hours every night. And, uh, so say if I get like a, a Tuesday off, I'll, I'll get an extra run or the push bike in at the gym. But I, right now I'm at, at class and rolling almost every day along with running three or four times a week. And I have a local gym membership, yeah. So honestly, it's I'm like full time, absolutely full time. Uh, and if I could ever get to a point where I don't have my day job, then then I could. I oh man, can I excel? Because I would do three a days at that point. <laughs> um, what type of you say you're rolling? So it sounds like a lot of your training right now is jujitsu. Oh yeah, well that. It's it, it, it bobbles back and forth. Like it'll favor kickboxing for a while, four nights a week, and I always get like two to three rolls in a week, and then it'll switch back and forth. I'll get four rolls in a week, you know, and only go to kickboxing a few times. So it's like, however my camp is and and where I'm favoring at the time is yeah. But between the both, I'm doing a lot of kickboxing, a lot of jujitsu. Okay, and. What if there's one area that you need to improve the most on? Can you tell me what that is? Uh, I think it would just be like overall composure, putting all those attributes together. Mm, okay, so you really look at obviously MMA is its own art. So I mean, it's not it's not that abstract that you would say that, but you're big on. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're kickboxing, your jujitsu. 
I mean, that's that's the formula. And so then it's just a matter of uh, of of putting it all together. Do you do do you do much uh, like sparring with you know four ounce gloves, things like that? Much MMA sparring? Well, it it only wasn't until this recent camp. So only until recently, uh, only recently have I started to do rounds with the four ounce gloves, and I'm realizing how much better it is for me. So honestly, since I have about eight weeks ago, 10 weeks ago, I haven't went back. That's the only type of sparring I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. Because I realize, you know, once you learn each art, you know, you can if you favor one too much and go out there and try to play jujitsu too much, it'll bite you in the ass, you know, and vice versa for everything else as well. You need your wrestling to put it all together. And it's like the, the more I do that and the more I use what is favorable to MMA from each, then it's like the more I'm going to put that algorithm together and all of a sudden these pros are going to have to watch their ass. Were you a good wrestler in high school? No, I was terrible. You know, if anything, as much as I got my butt kicked and my ass kicked out there, it, it helped me. That's the only thing I ever got from it. I I was I was always wrestling weights above me, and we had like a bad. Well, I say that, but in my senior year, when I moved to Indiana and got with a good program, I did have a good senior year. It almost, almost went to state, but got beat out at regionals, and I had like a thirty-one and nineteen record. But every other year of wrestling, I was getting, I was like, really, really bad. Yeah. Interesting, but you you moved to to Big Ten country. They're in Indiana, and you had a good senior year, so I'd say that's relevant. Yeah, oh, yeah, and that's what, like, uh, uh, like a couple years ago, I, also, I found a good wrestling coach up north, Aaron Johnson, and uh, and then even down here, they have a good wrestling class at Vortex, and uh, honestly, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I, am, I was never the wrestler back then as I am now, to now. So now, now I'm wrestling with, you know, collegiate wrestlers coming right out of all their years of college and, and holding my own with them. And I, nowadays I'm surprising myself that, like, my wrestling has never stopped getting better. Which coach? It, it, oh, I'm sorry. It actually, like, I spent so much time in bad positions that now that I'm older, that's why I'm able to avoid them all so much. <laughs> okay. Um, which coaches have taught you the most since you started your MMA journey? Oh, man. Uh, so pretty much right now I have, uh, I have Mick Williams and uh, Nick Armstrong and then one of their top fighters, Austin Todd. And, and then they even kickboxing, Xavier Kraft. Uh, but that, uh, Mick Williams has really, really took me under my wing, at, under his wing at, over at the Vortex. Okay. Um, when your fighting career is over, do you think you continue to train? Are you interested in coaching? Uh, what's that look like? Oh yeah. That's where like, uh, that's like how I make my, my, uh, fiance feel a little bit at ease that, that no, no matter what, wherever I end up and wherever I cap off and the highest I could go in this sport, no matter what from there, I'll be able to coach. I've, I actually was like trying coaching and and even coaching soccer and 
building a life around fitness. I, you know, I was in bodybuilding for years and even powerlifting for years before, you know, everything fitness based to like make a living coaching and fitness. That's, that's the overall dream for me. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sorry, you, you said it puts your fiance at ease when she knows you will get into coaching one day. Is that right? Yeah, that, no, that just that, like knowing, knowing that, uh, this is gonna, uh, pay off to something like because i always have looked at it as like i could coach people now on what i know but they would they'd they'd say well why would i pay you what have you done you know they say merit so it's like no matter what where whatever kind of pro i end up being i have merit like hey i i did this much and this much in my career this you know it's just it gives me to get paid as a coach Okay, I, I see it. As an amateur MMA fighter, I assume you haven't made much money. No, it's it's just it's a complete investment in myself, and no, it, it it it's just like a complete sacrifice to my life. I mean, my kids, every everyone feels it. It's it's it, it makes things really hard, and every event is is hard to pull off. Every camp's hard to pull off, but I I just. I just know it's going to, I know it's going to hit something one day and I know it's going to all work out. So we just keep pushing. I mean, did you see Brian battle last night? I, <laughs> I just sounded like I was from England or something. Yeah. Did you see yeah. Him last night? <laughs> I did. I fucking saw it. How beautiful was that? Oh my God. That was like the sickest thing I ever seen because like back when he bought fought Ben Fowler and B2, I've been following them and him and, and it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> Wow, and I was watching like real close when that kick was thrown. Oh man, yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> Pretty fucking cool, really, because then he sounded great during his interview too. I mean, he's just so likable on top of the performance. For sure, that's a whole other thing. Like even me right now, like I like I keep rambling. Like I got a lot of practice to do if I'm going to ever be on a lot of interviews. Because, you know, the way he even cut his promo at the end with the, like, yeah, he killed that. That's, that's not easy. People don't realize there's a whole business side and entertainment side to the sport too. And it's, you know, it's, you got to be able to do both. You know, what's funny is he called out Brian Barbarina and he said, Hey man, you don't even spell your name the right way. And if you look at it, they actually spelled their name the exact same way, which I think is funny as fuck because he clearly just thought of, of that off the top of his head. He was just kind of trying to talk some shit. He got it wrong, but he was trying to talk some shit, which I think is awesome. No, that's great. And I like that he came at uh, Ian Gary. You know, I would love to see him get that fight with Ian Gary and, and be the one to stop that hype train. That would be hilarious. And, and he could do it. You know, he's a beast, especially now down at 170. Yeah, that that is wild how he cut right down. He looked really good. You know, obviously he looks... Much leaner than what you know than what we were used to before. He, he's dropped some weight, but I thought he looked physically great. Obviously, it panned out for him. Agree, I agree, and and it just it just makes what he did at middleweight in the in the in the Ultimate Fighter house like that much more epic. I agree, hundred percent. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you joining me. Before we wrap things up, I mean, do you have any I don't know shout outs or social media plugs or anything you want to mention? before we wrap the episode up uh no uh you know if you're around if you're around the bloomington monroe county area go to the vortex you know that's all i could really say vortex martial arts 
you know, on the weekends we got open mat. Come check us out. You know, we're always always rolling every weekend, and you know, and then uh, that's really it. You know, I don't, I haven't done anything sponsor wise yet. You know, I got my company. I got a, I got a shout out to GGI Services. You know, Bloomington, Indiana. But that's really it. You know, and then don't forget. You know, remember the name Nick Mondelli. <laughs> I, I think I'll certainly remember it. I, I've I've really, and I'm not just saying it. That's why I r- randomly reached out to you. Uh, what was it today? Was because you know I I, I think your journey is kind of cool. In, in a way, Nick, I think amateur MMA is cooler than even like UFC and you know following it at the very highest of levels because you get to see people you get to see what someone's made of in a lot of ways. You know, they start out maybe in your case, Jesse Romans also has a pretty cool story. I was there for the beginning oh, for him. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, he, but he was, he was like one of the biggest inspirations for me. There was a point, you know, on my third loss, he cornered me and he told me about guys that had their first four fights lost, turn around. I think he even, he even had a hard beginning. I mean, look at him now. He's like a, he's like, isn't he a winning professional? you know, down in Tennessee, I think he's still killing it. So he is. Yeah. Know? I'm bringing up his, he's, he's one and oh, is a pro. Um, yeah. And right before he became a pro, he grabbed some belts. He, he was, he became champ. There was one promotion. He did it at heavyweight somehow. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I definitely like Jesse Romans for sure. There's I, a lot of, a lot of guys that right around B2 and, and I'm following their lead. I mean, we're about Nate, Nate Manis. I mean, he just literally fought, uh, a Namagamadoff, like, like I shared a card with him, you know, just years ago, and now he's a he's a beast in the UFC. A hundred percent. I think the B two fighting series is a real cool uh, community, and to the tune of what I was saying earlier, you get so many cool stories, and I love that they have the uh, the the lower level fights because you see people get in there sometime, and you know, like with you or with other people too, they get in and maybe they're overmatched and then you're like, okay, let's see what happens. And then maybe they go back and they work hard and make improvements or, you know, there's so many different variables, so many different ways that type of a story can go. So I, I'm all ate up with it. I think the shit's cool as hell. Oh yeah, man. I, I really appreciate that. And I was really glad to hear from you and it's uh, awesome to get to do this with you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, Nick. You have a great uh, rest of your day, and I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon. Thank you. All right. You have a good one, bud. Thanks. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. Mm-hmm.